0: So this is part two of our series called Overwhelming Grace. And you ask, what is overwhelming grace? Well, it's grace that is overwhelming. <laughs> Simply put, it's almost like a wave, you're at the beach and you see a wave coming, you go, oh, this is going to overtake me. This is going to take me and topsy-turvy me, right? And, and that's what God's grace wants to be towards us. He wants to just be all-encompassing, all uh, intruding into our life he wants to pour out his spirit upon us that we ride the wave of his grace amen, amen. Wouldn't you want that you can't it's hard to go just by your own self in your own strength in your own wisdom you need help from above you need his grace and grace is just not a thing it's actually him the God of all grace, the Bible says. They say Jesus is full of grace and truth and that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace. So we need him, the presence of God, not just the card that says get out of jail, your sins are forgiven. You need his presence to enable you to do those things that you need to do in this life. Can I get an amen? Now, now God does everything over the top. Did you, did you, did you figure that out? He, told, he said in Ephesians that he would do exceeding, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Or one translation says more. So it would be fine if he said, I'll do, I'll do more than you could ask or think. That's pretty good, isn't it? Because you can think about a lot of things. We said, well, I'm going to say I am can do abundantly more. But what's the number on abundantly? Is there a number? Is it twice as much? Is it three times? There's no limit. I'll do abundantly more than you can ask or think. And they say, wait a minute, that's not enough. (laughs) I can do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think. Is that over the top or what? It sounds like overwhelming to me, isn't it? So whatever you need in your life, God says, "I'll do even more than you can ask or think, abundantly more, exceedingly more." He told Abraham, "All these blessings will come upon you, and what? Overtake you." Tyrone, come here, OK, you, you, you walk this way, walk this way, Tyrone. So you're walking along in your life, and the blessing's coming, and overtake you." <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what he said. You receive it, amen. In Malachi, he said, I will pour you out a blessing, help me, that you don't have room enough to receive it all. God doesn't think small time. He thinks big time. We think small time. We don't know that God can do such great and marvelous things. Now, Solomon, who was the richest man on the face of the earth, he had so much gold and silver, he had no room to contain it all. He put the silver out in the backyard, outside. And gold, he made gold nails that go into the temple. He, he had so much, he didn't know what to do with. Praise the Lord. Amen. David said it this way, my cup runneth over. You ever been to a restaurant and a waitress is pouring your water? and no, that's enough. No, 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 no. She spills it all over the table and she keeps the, the pour going. That's what God said. That's what David said. My cup, it just runs over. There's no room to contain it all. Well, praise God for that, the way God thinks. So let's look at this uh, definition of grace. You ready for the definition? The merciful kindness by which God, see that's God now, exerting his holy influence upon souls, turns them to Christ, keeps, strengthens, increases them in Christian faith, knowledge, affection, and kindles them to the exercise of the Christian virtues. What's, what's that mean? God's taken over everything. He saves you. He establishes you. He strengthens you. He continues with you. He overcomes things with you. He's there from the beginning to the end. If we invite him in, if we let him come into our lives. You know, some people like to just do things with their own self. Did you ever notice that? No, I got it. I got it. No, I don't need no help. You know. <laughs> It reminds me of this story about this guy, uh, father. he had three sons, and they bought some property on the mountain side. And there was a lot of rocks there. It was in the hill country, in a, a mountain area. And so the, the, the little boy, he started, you, know, getting rid of all the rocks, because he, he wanted to make a garden out of there. And there was this one big rock that was in the middle. And so he decided to try to push it himself. And so he's trying to push that rock, and he couldn't push it. And his dad was up on the porch, and he's watching him, and his his brothers are playing there uh, beyond him. And so uh, the father said, son, what are you doing? I'm trying to move this rock. He said, well, are you using all your strength? He goes, yeah, dad, I'm using all the strength I can. I'm pushing as hard as I can. He said, but son, are you using all your strength? He said, Dad, I'm pushing as hard as I can. He says, well, no, you're not using all your strength. You got me up here on the porch. You got your two brothers down there. You're not using all of your strength. We have to learn how to learn to lean on the strength of the Lord, lean on the strength of the people that are around us to accomplish what we need to accomplish. You don't have it all in your own self. I'm sad to tell you. (laughs) But here's the definition of grace. Another uh, definition and this is from the Strongest Concordance. Next slide says, it produces joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, grace of speech. Is that you? <laughs> Just a joy to be around. Hallelujah. Just sweet things coming out of your mouth all the time, right? Or is it stinky time? Oh my God, what is that person doing? What are they saying? How are they acting? I had one lady had to call me up. She said, I'm sorry, Pastor. I don't, I, you know, she had called me before and was going on about something. She calls me back. I'm sorry. I had a bad attitude. I have to just check myself and apologize. I need to speak better of my brothers and my sisters. And I said, praise God. At least you're recognizing it. And that's the first step. We have to know, does, do you have grace in your heart, in your speech? The Bible says that, they marveled at Jesus because of the, the gracious words that came out of his mouth. Do people in conversation with you feel better, feel stronger, feel greater, feel better? They say a great person is not one that makes themselves feel great, that makes you feel great, talking to them. That you're listening to them, you're lifting them up, you're uh, you know, exalting them. That's what it, it, it talk, that's what it talks about here when it says having grace of speech. Your, your, your voice and your words have God's influence upon them, not your influence. Praise God. Amen. You've heard of a gracious host, right? Just flows. Just so nice to be in their house. Just feels so warm and loving. Okay, and actually grace means charisma, charismatic. Are you a charismatic Christian? Do you have grace in you? And actually grace means favor too. So when you have the grace of God, you have the favor of God. People want to do things for you, want to invite you places, want to uh, give you favors to you and for you because they just are attracted to who you are and what you stand for. So we're going to look at these different types of grace here. We have five kinds, five uses or or applications. We have saving grace, sanctifying grace, strengthening grace, sustaining grace, and serving grace. So the last two, uh, the first two we did... Last week, saving grace and sanctifying grace, just a little recap. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.8, the next slide says, For by grace you have been saved. What does that mean? By God you have been saved. By the Spirit of God he drew you in. Do you remember the time when you were saved? Can you remember that far back? <laughs> when you, you all can remember, right? You were down and out. You had no place to turn, most of us. Came to the end of your rope, edge of the cliff and said, okay, God, if you can do anything with my life, you can have it now? And he came in and flooded your soul, took control of you. you said, I know there's a God in heaven, because he came and he heard my prayer. In fact, that's what they asked Al. Uh, He was mentioning in the men's group, the little kids were saying, how do we know that God hears us? Well, what would you answer them? Well, because he he answered them, because we have faith to believe that everything that he said in the Bible is true. And if he says he hears us, then we know he hears us. David said it this way, I know that you love me because you heard my supplications and you delivered me from all of my enemies. You know, it's recorded David never lost a battle. Can you imagine that? A warrior never losing a battle because he first went to the Lord and asked the Lord for help. So, by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. So when we come to the end of our rope, we remember how God floods our soul. In fact, whenever I pray for people for salvation, I remember the time that he came and introduced himself to me and flooded me with his presence. And when I pray, that same spirit comes and talks and touches people that I pray for. So we have to transfer and and know that what God wants to do is save people by his spirit, by his grace, amen? So now, the other thing is, the next... Uh, grace is sanctifying grace. We have to be clean, cleansed by the grace of God. Amen? Uh, It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us. So guess what? The grace of God teaches. The grace talks. God talks. It's not just the spirit, but he'll talk to you and say, this is not what you're supposed to do. This is not the way you're supposed to act. This is not the way you're supposed to think. He teaches us to deny ungodliness and all worldly lusts. Praise God. So his presence will talk to us. You know, a lot of people try to clean people up before they get saved. You you ever notice that? (laughs) They say, you shouldn't be doing that. (laughs) You shouldn't be drinking like that. You, you, You shouldn't be carousing around. You haven't caught the fish yet. You have to catch the fish before you can clean them. Praise God. You don't see an altar call where they go, okay, how many wants to accept the Lord? But if you do, you have to get your life right with the Lord. You have to you know, live right, think right, and, and do right. Does anybody want to do that? No. Come as you are, right? You got to stop your smoking, your drinking, your carrying on. You know, no gun-chewing in church. All these things. You need to stop it. Wear the right clothes. Do everything right. No, come as you are, and then the Lord cleans you up. And guess what? That's a, that's a long time process. He cleanses and keeps cleansing us forever and ever, because guess what? We, we just can't, there's just so much in us. In fact, I, I talked about this before, about how our souls are magnets to things that are in the world, things that we've experienced. Our hurts and our pains are on the inside of us, and it's hard to rid them because it affects how we act and what we do and how we think. But there's a deliverance, there's a sanctifying grace that comes from the Lord to cleanse us. And so I want to pray that with you right now in the middle of the service, if I would do that. If you just bow your heads and, and, and just repeat after me. Say, Father God, I ask you for your help. I ask you for your grace to cleanse my soul of all the things that are stuck in there. Things that I don't want. I release them now to see your sanctifying grace work in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So there, there's, a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a grace of God that comes upon you. And you know what? It'll visit you throughout the day. When you're just doing nothing, you're in the restroom or just walking, you just feel the Lord. And the old saints used to call it a quickening. <laughs> right? <laughs> what? <laughs> I said, what is that? Said, oh, it's just, I, I feel the Lord right there. <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't have to be so dramatic, but it is the presence of the Lord, Arturo. You've experienced that. And, and, and one time we we prayed he, when he got saved. He, he we prayed and he went to his desk and all of a sudden tears started flowing through his his eyes and he just couldn't control himself. And people wondered, what what happened to Arturo, and he was just being touched by the Lord. So. You can have the experience of the Lord wherever you go. He's there with us, and he wants to come in. So if you just let down your guard a little bit and let him come in, he'll overwhelm you, right? Okay, a couple more now. We're going to go to the new uh, section, strengthening grace. How many need to be strengthened in the Lord? The Bible says in 1 Peter 5.10, But may the God of all grace, all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Oh, that sounds good, doesn't it? That God's going to make a pillar out of you, straighten you up, make you strong. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Isn't that right? When you're doing His will, and you're walking with Him, He'll strengthen you in the things that you're supposed to do. He'll establish you in them. I know I'm taking this course at um, Life Pacific College, and, you know, it's it's a little daunting. I told the Professor, listen, I haven't been to school for 45 years. I don't want your sympathy. I just need a little bit of patience, okay? (laughs) You know, they say terms that I've never heard before. I'm going like, what does that mean? And so, but the Lord woke me up when I, the first week that I was there. He says, I want you to be here and I'm going to help you through it. Now, what does that mean, help you through it? He's going to help me. He's not going to do it. (laughs) He's going to help me, right? Right. It's like if I said, okay, uh, Tyrone, could you come over to my house and and help me paint uh, one of the rooms? And he goes, yeah, I'll help you. And so he comes over, and and I get the bucket of paint, and I get the paintbrush, and I get a chair, and I sit down, and I go, okay, Tyrone, go ahead. (laughs) He said, I I said, I'd help you. I'm not going to do the whole thing. (laughs) And God says, I'll help you, but you got to take one step forward. you got to keep moving, right? You have to let the Lord work with you. It's like uh, um, Jesus, when he was in the, the, um, the storm and the disciples were in the boat and Jesus was walking on the water. What did Peter say? Huh? He, he says, he says, if it be you, Lord, uh, speak and I will come. Right. I mean, Jesus should have said, like, Peter, please stay in the boat. What are you trying to do, okay? I am the Son of God. You're an apostle, okay? You don't walk on the water. This is my thing, you know. You're always trying to do what I do. (laughs) Always trying to stage me up, right? No, what did he say? Come. So Peter walked on the water for a bit, but then when he saw the storms in life, what did he do? He fell. And what did Jesus say? (laughs) See, I told you. you can't walk on water why would you even try such a thing no he helped him he was there to grab him to lift him up and guess what what how did he get back to the boat he put him on his back he walked with him Jesus said I am going to be there to help you right let's look at this next slide look at this Isaiah 41 10 said fear not For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He said, well, you know, I I just feel so weak. I don't think I can do it. (laughs) I told you I would strengthen you. Well, I feel helpless. I don't know. I I said I'll help you. (laughs) But what if I fail? I said I'll uplift you with my mighty right hand. He wants to grab your hand and just walk you through life, all the difficulties, all the trials, the tribulations you have. He's not a God that's far off. He's a God that's right there with us. Amen? He said, I'll help you. I'll strengthen you. I'll uphold you with my mighty right hand. Praise God. Amen. So he is, he is our rock. Praise God. He is the help of our salvation. The Bible says what? Be strong in grace. Lean upon him. It says you, sh- you can have great grace depending on how much you call upon Him. We're supposed to grow in grace. Our grace can be multiplied. We're supposed to continue in the grace of God. We're supposed to abound in grace, and we're supposed to sing with grace. Praise God. And so how, how, how do you get from one point to another? How do you get to the place that God wants you to be? One step of, at a time. How do you get a degree? How did you, uh, you know... Finish a course. You do it one course at a time. How am I going to get my degree? It takes two years, but I do it one course at a time. And at the end, you got a degree. Praise the Lord. Isn't that right, Misty? That's how you do it. (laughs) You don't say, I I have to do all this in in two years? I don't know if I can. No, you just do it one day at a time. Praise the Lord. And so Hebrews 4.16 says... Let us therefore, that's who, that's who, all of us, right? Let us therefore, you have to find out what it's there for, come boldly, confidently to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's what we do. Where do you find this grace? In the throne room of grace. God's got it there. He's waiting to give it to us. So we come boldly that we may obtain first, what, would, what do we obtain? Mercy. God says, I know what you're going through. I know you messed up. I know you're not living 100%. So first I'm going to give you mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Then I'm going to give you grace. Because God knows he doesn't have perfect people. Did you know that? I don't know if you thought you were perfect, but <laughs> if he was waiting for the perfect person, he'd be waiting a long time, wouldn't he? That was accomplished in Jesus, and he sees this through the eyes of Jesus. So he says, come boldly and and confidently. What are things that you're confident about? That's one thing you can be confident about. Because the Bible says you'll never be disappointed, trusted in the Lord. Isn't that nice? Now I get disappointed when I go to work. Uh, There's a new... um, Vendor that's taking care of our supplies our food supplies, and they always run out of brand muffins, and I tell you <laughs> I'm going down that 210 freeway, and I'm imagining I'm gonna get that brand muffin I'm gonna get my coffee and just dunk it in there and Have a beautiful morning, and uh, so I get there and the lady Sorry, no brand muffins today <laughs> What? I just dreamed about this for a half an hour. You tell me there's no brand muffins? Can't you get some more brand muffins? Is that so difficult? They just sold the last one, sorry. (laughs) But I have grace, thank God. There's a lady there that she knows I like brand muffins, so when she gets one, she cuts it in half, puts it on my desk with a little smiley face, you know. I know you love your brand muffins, so I don't want you to be disappointed. <laughs> Praise God. But we can go to the Lord anytime and know that we will not be disappointed, trusting in Him. So we can be strengthened in Him. Okay, another uh, part of grace is sustaining grace. After you've been strengthened, you've got to have the, the, the ability, the power to keep going. Sometimes it seems like the finish line is so far out, like we're never going to get there. You've got to sustain. He says, By Silvanus, our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. Having done all, stand. That's what we have to do. We have to keep on standing, believing that God is going to fulfill his promise. And sometimes it takes longer than we want. You know, that's not microwave Bible anymore. You know, you can't just, you know, I got a promise, I speak it, okay, it's done, right? No, you have to continue. We were believing for our house. It took for years to believe for the house that we're in right now. God had to orchestrate everything, get us in line, get our finances in line, and it just was perfect when it happened. And then after it happened, you wonder, oh, that wasn't so bad. But going through it, you need to be sustained. You need grace to just keep on going and doing what you're supposed to do. We were preaching at that community center for 12 years. Come on, talk to me. <laughs> and my wife and my son said, Dad, Dad, oh, Dad, <laughs> can we find a place? Can we find a church? I said, yes, God will provide. Amen. It took a while, but look, at the Lord bless us with a beautiful place, and we're going to outgrow this place, and God's going to give us other places. So we have to believe and keep believing, because when God gives you a vision, it doesn't matter what you have to do to accomplish it. I didn't mind setting up the chairs. I didn't mind going early and doing all that stuff. I mean, y'all, you know, it's nicer now, but you all joined in, me, in that with me, because why? We believe the Lord wanted us there. He wanted us together as a family and so when God gives you something to do, you just do it. You just sustain. You just go through it. I was listening to on the radio. Uh, this guy, what's his name? Um, uh, I can't remember. He's, he's in charge of Skid Row. And um, I have his name somewhere. I, I'll probably find it. But anyway, he says they have like, they had over 50 people that are taking this new drug called Spice. I don't know if you all heard about it. If you do know about it, I'm going to wonder about you. No. <laughs> Some of you are in the know. I guess it's, it's knocking people out. It's killing them. And so they have almost like a, a, you know, a track going to the hospital because all these people are, are, are ODing on this. And he said it broke his heart. It breaks his heart to see these people. But that's his calling to do. He was injured one time. He was dying, but he still had the compassion to want to go down to Skid Row and help people. That's your calling. That's what you're supposed to do. So God will sustain you in what he's given you to do. Amen? Praise the Lord. And here's what he said he'll do. This is a great promise. You ready for this? In Hebrews 13:5, it says, I will never leave you or forsake you. What does never mean in a translation? I don't know what never means. Never means never. When God says never, that means never. When we say it, we means, well, you know, until we get tired. <laughs> or until things change. But God says never is never. And in the Greek, the little translation, it's a three never. Never, never, never. And anytime God says it three times, that is finality, right? Remember when he said, Martha, Martha, Martha. He was making emphasis, right? But now in the Amplified, oh, I like this, Tyrone. You're going to like this too. In the Amplified, let's see what it says. I, you know what the Amplified Version is? It's an the, it's the elongated version of the Bible. It's actually wit- written by a lady. And, you know, sometimes ladies know how to do elongated conversations. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do I have any men in the house? No? 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 <laughs> We, we talk about that. I heard a minister talk about that on the radio. He said uh, if he couldn't go to church, and his wife went to church, and so she came home, and he'd say, well, how, how was church? You know what he's waiting to hear, good, bad, or indifferent. Well, you know, I had trouble getting into the parking lot because, you know, they, they, they had my spot, and, you know, there's some kind of traffic jam, and I came in, and that lady was there in the front, and she's wearing that thing again, and I don't know why she's wearing that, and... Never got to the message yet, you know. <laughs> then it was hot in the church. I don't know why they didn't, they didn't turn the, 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 the air conditioner on. It was too hot. and I don't know the songs the choir sang. I don't know. It's just, uh, they need help. Just on and on and on and on and on and on. Right? But so the lady here is writing this Bible. But what she does is she takes the, the, um, the definition and she puts the whole definition in. And she extrapolates it, and she uh, she, it's inductive translation. She gets to the depth of the Greek. So it's actually what, if you looked up the word, it would mean, or what the phrase would be. Let me see how the first phrase is. Let's go back to that. Very simple. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Okay, in God's eyes, what more do I need to say? But if you go into the Greek, it says it this way. I will never, under any circumstances, desert you. Nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Nor will I, in any degree, leave you helpless. Nor will I forsake you, or let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. What does that mean? That means you. He's with you. (laughs) He's not going to give up on you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to leave you hanging. It's a God that is more than enough. He wants to overwhelm you. He wants to walk right by your side and be with you continually forever and ever. Amen? That's what we're talking about, the grace of God that is with us. Okay, now the final grace is serving grace. After he's done all this for you, what does he want you to do? Serve, right? Not just sit on the couch and hang out and just be, you know, cool. Just, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Praise God. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) No, go out What did he tell his disciples? I called you so that you could go out Two by two Preaching the kingdom of God You know, we don't have a lack of clientele We've got plenty of people that need our help For what we know And God has put on the inside of you What you're supposed to do And who you're supposed to go to Did you know that? People wonder Oh, I wonder what God wants me to do Well, what do you feel like doing? Whatever you feel like doing, that's what he wants to do through you. He put it in you to desire and to reach out to that community or that type of people. I know when I first got saved, I wanted to teach the Bible. I mean, as soon as I read the Bible, I wanted to tell somebody, did you see what this says right here? Can you believe this, that God would say that to us? Praise God. Are you excited? No, you're not excited. Why aren't you excited? (laughs) Let me teach you some more. So, uh, and and then the other thing is I wanted to pray for people for them to get healed. I hate to see people not healed, not doing well, because the provision is already there. God has already provided it for us, and so I'm saying, okay, I'll I'll pray with you. Let's pray. Let's receive the healing virtue of God. In fact, I made that deal with the Lord. I said, Lord, if you ever... If you would give me the gift of healing, whenever someone needs to be prayed for, I'll go and I'll pray for them. I won't refuse anybody. And that's when his anointing came upon me. His grace said, okay, I can work with that. You want to be that way? I'll be that way with you. So whatever God puts on your heart to do, that's what you do. That's how you know the will of God. He tells you what uh, uh, he puts on the inside of you what you need to do. And so in Ephesians 3, 7, Paul's talking, he says, of which I have became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given in me by the effectual working of his power. He's working in you to do what he's called you to do. So I'd be at, at work, and everybody comes to me if they need prayers for healing. I'm kind of known now. You know, for those that need healing. And sometimes I get tired. I'm working, you know, I'm trying to balance the the balance sheet here. And they come in and go, oh, my back, my neck, uh, this, this. And I go, (laughs) so what do I say? Lord, they're calling for you. Your grace has to come through and minister to the people. I can't do it. And so I minister to them, I pray. And the Holy Spirit comes up through me, out to them, and they get healed. And they say, praise the Lord. That's what I say. It's not me. It's not me, but what God has put on the inside of me. He says, he's, uh, I become a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to you. do you want to be ministers. Amen. You don't have to be uh, uh, from the pulpit. You minister wherever you are, wherever you are in church, or uh, wherever you are in the world. You minister as you go. Praise the Lord. Next slide. But, and so, so uh, uh, Paul says this too. But the grace of God, by the grace of God, I am what I am. You know, that, that was stolen by a cartoon character. You know that, right? <laughs> I am what I am, and that's all that I am, and I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Toot, toot. Okay. But Paul said it in a little better way, right? He said, I am what I am. By the grace of God, and his grace toward me was not in vain, but I, what, labored? I thought, his yes, grace, you just, you know, whatever. God does, you know, whatever he wants through you. No, he had to labor more abundantly than them all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. So what does that mean? It means you may have a talent to play the piano, But you don't just wait for the Holy Spirit to take control of you and, okay, I'm playing the piano, praise the Lord, hallelujah. No, you have to uh, practice, study, learn. Like Tyrone, I called him last night, he said, I'm practicing. For what? To sing for you all. (laughs) He didn't just get up there and all of a sudden, smooth. (laughs) (laughs) I, I pray, I, I, I ask the Lord to help me with this message so that it would be you know, something that you can receive and you can use in your life, right? I don't just get up here and say, oh, okay, I'm just gonna talk a little bit. No, it, it's that you have to labor with the grace and the grace will help you do it. Like when I'm gonna do a, a, a lesson at school, I have to write and I don't know what to write and I'm tired and I go to bed and the Lord wakes me up and he says, okay, are you ready to write? Are you ready for me to write through you? Yes, Lord. But I had to read the material first. Then I had to let his grace get me up. I don't know how he does it. I like to sleep. I don't know about you all, but sleep is like the most beautiful thing ever invented in the world. <laughs> My son is not that way. In fact, when he was growing up, he, we could never get him to go to bed. We'd say, Charles, it's time to go to bed. He went, again? In fact, he'd be, he'd be uh, playing, and, and he wouldn't go to bed. And we'd find him asleep on the kitchen floor. He would just crash, you know. That's the kind of energy he has. But I'm, my, my mom raised me a little different. Go to, she made me go to bed early, so I don't know. I get used to sleeping, getting my eight hours. Mary Ann's not that way. She likes to. She she could stay up all night, and has stayed up all night many times. And she's a night owl, so she likes to stay up at night. So when we first got married, it was a little, you know, different getting our schedules together. Because at night, she'd be like, okay, let's talk. (laughs) And I'd be like, oh, Jesus, help me today. What, what, what? (laughs) And I learned how to listen at 11 o'clock at night. But in the morning, I'm bing ready to go. Good morning, sweetheart. It's like, what? 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 <laughs> Not so loud, please. <laughs> but I like my sleep, okay? I like to get right where I can sleep. And so for the Lord to wake me up at two o'clock in the morning to write from two to 5 o'clock, to 5.30, then take a shower and get ready to go to work and not be tired? That's the grace of God which was in me, laboring through me to do His will. And God will do... I, I marvel at single moms. I marvel at people that do things that I couldn't do, how they can raise children and have the strength to do what they do. I marvel, it's the grace of God that's upon them to do those kinds of things. So... You know, know that the grace of God is for you, it's with you, and he will labor with you as you labor, as you, as you do it. Now, the grace is so important. It's all through the Bible. I, didn't, I don't have all the scriptures. I could, we could go on and on and on about the grace. But Paul recognized it so much that at the beginning and at the end of most of his epistles, what did he say? The grace of Lord Jesus Christ be upon you the grace of God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be upon you. The beginning and the end. Because he knows we can't live this life in our own strength or in our own way. It has to be the grace of God. And so what is the last scripture in the Bible? The last thing that God said to us was what? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Praise God. So are you guys excited about tapping in to this wonderful grace of God? Where does this grace come from? It comes from the throne room. It comes from us worshiping Him. The Bible talks about the word of grace, that the word of God is the ability for us to accomplish what we need to accomplish. You know, in the word of God is the seed that when planted, it will grow into a beautiful tree. That little bitty seed can grow and that little bitty word that you find in the Bible, when you plant it in your heart, will grow. Amen. Whether it be for finances, whether it be for healing, whether it be for peace of mind, whatever you need, God will give you that seed so that His grace can come upon you. Amen. Father in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for those that are here. If you want more grace in your life, just raise your hand right now. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, those that raise their hands, I just thank you, Lord God, that you empower your grace upon them to do the things that you've called them to do. That, Lord, you don't withhold any good gift from them. And Father, as you see their hands, I thank you, Lord God, that you empower your overwhelming grace upon them so that they can be more like you, that they can accomplish what you've already preordained and pre-planned for them to do in the name of Jesus. Receive it right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You feel His grace? Do you feel it? He wants to overwhelm you. He wants to be so much a part of your life that you're just riding on the ways of His grace. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, help them find the, the plan that you have for them. The gift that you have given to them, let it come upon them so that they can recognize it and know that you have ordained them to do those great and marvelous things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.